Hello everybody, welcome back to the Dragon's Library. Today we're going to be talking about a new book I absolutely adore. Uh, it's Deadly, A Deadly Education by Naomi Novik. I know, I'm on a Naomi Novik kick. Don't worry, uh, this will be the last one from her for a while. Uh, I've got a few other books I want to read. Actually, um, fun spoiler for the future. Uh, in preparation for Dune coming out, I'm actually going to start listening to Dune on audiobook. I've already gotten it. Uh, and it's gonna take a while. Don't expect this one anytime soon. Uh, it's a 21 hour audiobook, so it'll take a while, but, you know, hang in tight. That'll be coming out soon. Look forward to that. Definitely try and get up for the movie. We can enjoy geeking out over the book before we start judging the movie for how it doesn't hold up to the book. <laughs> I might even review the old movie too if I feel like it. You know, to really get into the spirit. So, yeah. Uh, that's future plans though. So, let's get started on today. Today we're talking about Deadly Education, and for those of you who don't know, uh, I am a big Naomi Novik fan. She wrote the Temeraire series, which I think is one of the best Dragon Rider book series ever. Recently I also read Uprooted, and I geeked out over that two episodes ago, so you know. Uh, so yeah, uh, Deadly Education is the first book of the Scalament series, and the next one's going to be coming out in September, so I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be the last graduate, look forward to that as well uh, as a future review. So yeah, let's get straight into it. This will be in the non-spoiler section, so feel free to listen to this, even if you haven't read the book yet. I'll let you know when we start getting spoilers. So, uh, first up, the Scalamans. For those of you who don't know, which I will assume is most of the audience, the Scalamans is actually a Transylvanian folktale about a school for wizards uh, run by the devil. Uh, this is the old folktale, not, not the book itself, it's the stuff it's based on. And apparently they study black magic in a, you know, windowless, soul, sunless areas with no plant life, locked away in basically a school of a, a dungeon of a school for many years. And then one of them, uh, one of the graduates would become like a dragon rider or whatever. Doesn't have much bearing on the books, except for the whole, you know, sunless prison of a school that vibe. So in Deadly Education, there are wizards, you know, magic users in the world. Uh, there are also the mundane. Think very much Harry Potter. They really want you to feel Harry Potter with this. Uh, there are a lot of similarities. Uh, you know, mundanes really don't believe in magic. Uh, unlike in Harry Potter, though, there's actually a little bit more to that. See, magic is heavily influenced by belief. You have to believe you're able to do something in order to do it. So mundanes, apparently, over the years have become so intolerant to magic that when they look at something that's magic, it loses most of its power. Uh... And as a result, all the monsters that usually hunt mages, which is why being a mage kind of sucks in this world, because there are all these monsters, some natural, some created through, you know, spells and artifice gone wrong. Uh, they try to hunt down wizards and eat their magic so they can sustain themselves. But mundanes, when they look at these monsters, they literally see, like, some stuff like rats. And the monster loses so much of his power that it might as well be a rat. There's actually a story the character, main character talks about because she went to, like, a mundane school to hide from the monsters when she was younger. She tells a story about how a monster tried to get at her, but one of the teachers thought it was a rat and took out a bat and started bashing it. And by the time it was done, this, you know, monstrous devourer of mages was literally little more than something about the size of a smashed-up rat carcass. <laughs> it, it had literally turned into something as weak as a rat and been smashed to death by a mundane. So... Being a magic user is actually more dangerous than being a non-magic user, because it's not like there's a bunch of monsters that can indiscriminately kill humans or whatever. No, humans are safe. It's the mages and wizards and witches that are in danger. And actually, they go through a lot more danger. See, as they get older, witches and wizards, 
their magic begins to peak. Monsters suddenly can smell them much more clearly. It's sort of the Percy Jackson demigod thing, where as they reach a certain age, their uh, scent becomes really, really intoxicating to monsters. But if they get old enough, they might be strong enough to, you know, fend off monsters. But while they're at that impressionable age of, you know, basically high school, 14 to 18, their scents are strong enough to attract tons of monsters, but they're not powerful enough for monsters, to, for a lot of the weaker monsters to leave them alone. So they get swarmed. If left to their own devices, the average survival rate is something like 1 in 20. Not great. Uh, so a long time ago, a bunch of really powerful mages got together and built this school outside our reality in what's called the Void. They only have a single entrance to it, and all the students get teleported in the beginning of the school year. The school's designed to try and be as safe as possible, which means it only has a 1 in 4 death rate. You know, you, you, you have a 1 in 4 survival rate there, because that's safe. Yeah. Uh, so basically the way it works is that monsters gather up near the portal, the exit, uh, the graduation hall, as they call it, which is where all the seniors get dumped in during the graduation. Basically, they get locked into their rooms, the whole school moves downward, new rooms are added to the top, and the seniors get locked, only the graduation hall's exit to go. Now, the upper floors get cleaned every year by these, like, inf magical infernos. But the mechanisms that were supposed to clean the graduation hall got damaged, and every time they try and replace them, yeah, they'll work for two or uh, one or you know maybe three years at most. Then they'll be broken again by the monsters because that's where all the monsters crowd around, and most of them can't get out, so they just sit there with nothing to do. And every time they try to fix them, tons of really powerful mages died. So eventually they're like, "Sorry, kids, that's just your lot." <laughs> so you know, not great, not a great experience overall. The upper halls are. You know, they get safer the higher you are. So the freshmen are the safest areas, you know, the cafeterias. Uh, you know, sophomores are a bit less safe. Juniors are even are even less safe. And the so seniors are literally just a floor above the graduation hall. So they're, you know, always in danger of a monster getting through the cracks. And as the school year gets closer to the end, more and more monsters fill up in the halls and more and more of them slip through the cracks. So the school gets more and more dangerous the later in the year it is. So imagine finals, but you also have to deal with monsters trying to kill you. Oh, and your work will actively hunt you down with extra remedial work if you don't complete it. And trying to attack you. So, you know. However, the school was designed to help get the students uh, accumulated. Uh, spellbooks are kind of sentient in this world. If you create a spell, it'll turn into a pseudo-spellbook and it'll vanish somewhere. Eventually, someone will find it, you know, because they have kind of a mind of their own. And the Scholomance is sort of a hub for them. Students with a understanding of different languages, they have to study languages in order to understand more spells. The, white, the more languages you know, the better repertoire of spells you'll have. However, there's also the downside of if you start studying a language because you read, like, you know, one book on it on how to language, like the basics, the school might suddenly decide that you know the language inside and out, and if you don't fully understand all the spell books it gives you, you can be locked, uh, and you could potentially lock yourself out of magic for the rest of your life with only those spells available. And if you do this really early on, you could, you know, basically be screwed. You're dead. So it's a big, you know, it's all this big mind game. It's basically every student goes in with strategy, or most of them do, because we find out that some mundanes give birth to, you know, you know, non, non natively born magic users. So like, you know, muggles giving birth to uh, mudbloods, like in Harry Potter. And, uh, yeah, that's not like, ooh, look. She's so talented. She's a prodigy, and she's not even from a magic family. Oh, no, no, no. The one character we find out about this like this uh, got pulled into the school because apparently one of the students lived next to her. She didn't even know she had magic, but one of the students who was supposed to be going to school 
uh, got killed or something, and she was close enough the spell latched onto her before the parent because the parents forgot to take her off the registry after she died or he or she died. They never specify who. Uh, and she got killed by a dark mage who's been sucking life force out of his fellow students to fuel his magic because that's also a thing. Uh, there's a whole big thing about how everybody cheats a little. You know, maybe they kill a colony of ants, but if you do anything more than that, you'll start. You know, basically turn into a magic vampire. Uh, and eventually, and it's not like the immortality thing either. You slowly get more and more decay. It takes more and more magic to keep yourself whole, and you'll just burn yourself out and collapse in on yourself. And they'll find a bunch of dead bodies and be like, "Oh, he seems so nice. Oh yeah, he was a sociopath." Uh, <laughs> and um, so those are called maleficers. And the main character is kind of interesting. So, and I'm finally getting to the main character. So she, her, her big thing is that she, um, her mother is like the, you know, the nice healing witch who sits in the magic circles and everybody loves her. But because of the laws of balance, uh, her daughter has a specialty affinity. Because every mage has an affinity. The kind of books the school school recommends to them. The kind of magic that comes most easy. And her type of magic is summoning waves of demon armies and unleashing tyrant infernos of magically conjured fire that can burn away even the soul. And it's like, yeah, but I also don't have the power to cast any of this nonsense because you have to gather up the magic on your own and a single spellcaster can't gather all on their own. Also, because of my affinity, if I try and cheat and grab a little bit at a time, you know, malifice a few ants here and there, um, my grab is so powerful I probably accidentally suck the life out of five people and, you know, reduce my own lifespan by, like, a decade. So she can't even cheat a little bit like everyone else can. She has to go on strict mana, you know, doing push-ups and stuff like that, slowly converting the energy and the effort into magic uh, to fuel her spells, which is really exhausting, and she has to really ration what magic she used because she's been saving it for two reasons. One, to pull off a really cool spell and kill some major monster to prove herself to all the coven kids, you know, the ones who are from, like, massive magical compounds and families all grouped together over the years. Uh, so she can get an alliance. Then during graduation, use all her stored up mana plus the mana of her new allies to pave a path straight to the dwarves with her, you know, immensely powerful spells that she needs a lot of power to actually use that she doesn't have. And this all goes sideways when she gets rescued by Orion. Uh, the start of the book starts with a soul eater having busted into her room, and it's revealed that she actually had a spell to kill it, and even, you know, take its magical materials, offer it to an artificer. She killed a soul eater. Ooh, everybody must be so impressed. But Orion chased it into her room and accidentally killed it before she got a chance. And then everyone found out. So now she's known as the damsel in distress who Orion Blake saved. Um, and so Elle is like, oh, God. She has to reinvent her whole strategy and trying to try and leverage uh, her new connection to Orion for whatever it's worth at the time. And over the time, she slowly becomes friends and realizes she actually kind of had a similar life to Orion. Um, I won't spoil that, but basically her life is that... Uh, she has this natural thing where everyone seems to hate her on sight. She just has a really bad aura to her. And even her great-grandmother on her father's side, who died getting their mom out, um, when she, they were all having to get them, and then the, the great-grandmother literally lays eyes on her, tried to touch her, and it went into, like, a seer fit, and said she was destined to bring about ruin and decay and all this other stuff. You know, the classic, she's the dark lady, a dark lord, the evil sorceress that'll bring ruin... Basically, she's Voldemort, but she doesn't want to be Voldemort. She's trying really hard not to be Voldemort. And even though she, and even though she's like, if I'm, you know, left with no other choice, I will. She has several points in the book where she's near death. And it's like, okay, this is the time I want to do it. This is, I have no choice. I have to do it. I have to just suck out a few people's lives. It's them or me. People here understand that. They might not like it. I'll be outcast, but at least I'll have the power to survive. But she doesn't do it. 
Because turns out she doesn't want to be what everyone wants her to be. And I just thought it was a really interesting character arc. I, I do. I actually like her as a character. Even though her whole character has been designed to be unlikable, I like her because she doesn't want to be what everyone else wants her to be. Um, and that's actually what brings Orion to her. It's partially, and you know, no, I'll say it for a spoil. So it's for a spoil. But yeah, that's partially what bring, draws Orion to her in the first place, actually. Uh, after he saves her, anyway. So yeah, the magic system is all really cool. Uh, a lot of the monsters are described as like just spells or chimeras or, you know, artifacts that got really out of control and turned into monsters. Not many of them are actually naturally formed. So it really gets the sense that magic in this world is kind of, uh, has a life of its own once the spell is cast. The Scalamance constantly tries to screw with her, um, you know, and ruin her. She even leverages that because it's trying really hard to get her to get away from this monster because if she's, she has the, one of the few people around who might be able to deal with it and it's going toward the freshman dorms. Um, and she manages to grab this really powerful book at one point. I'll get into that later, but, uh, stuff like that. It, you know, my hallways might move around because you hesitated too much. Uh, the school almost seems to delight in killing the most innocent mages and stuff like that. And Orion is like the, uh, school, you know, school, the school hero. He goes around saving people from Maleficers. And a lot of the seniors get angry at him because he saved so many people and now there are so many monsters waiting downstairs because None of them have been fed. None of them have left. And they're all just waiting for us. Because you've been killing them all. So they've been getting worse. Because that's the principle of balance that keeps being brought up. Anyway, we're going to go to spoiler talks now. That's the main plot. It's really good. I like the dark twist on fantasy and the magical school element. Uh, the voice acting is actually really good. I like it. The writing style is kind of interesting. I, I know some people didn't like it. I've read a few other, like, uh, written reviews about this. And I do know some people find Elle abrasive. Uh, I don't. I kind of like her. And a lot of people don't like how a lot of it's, like, background and world building. But I kind of like it. It's kind of like we're in her thoughts as, as she's doing all these mundane stuff and kind of keep an eye out. She's, like, halfway focused on the task, halfway thinking about her life and the things that brought her here. It's kind of a fill in the background as we're going forward in the story. And I kind of like that. I, again, I know some people don't like it. They think there's not enough of a plot to it. I disagree, but, you know, they do have their opinions. I thought you should know. So, let's get down to it. Spoilers from here on out. I highly recommend you read the book. All right, let's go. So, um, Elle is, Elle is just so much fun. I love it. Uh, Orion's might just be one of my favorite, like, clueless hero protagonists ever. Uh, so, the thing with him is that he has the ability to absorb the magic of the monsters he kills. Which means whenever he blasts them with a spell, he can basically recoup that magic. And if he needs a little bit more, well, he's part of this big coven clan uh, and all the other students that are in there with him formed like an alliance. And over the centuries, their clan has, you know, a, a crystal stored in the school passed down from, you know, generation to generation. Every, you know, every New York coven group has passed it down for almost a century and all the excess magic has been stored there. So whenever they need to pull from it, they can pull from it. And, you know... It's made their, it's made their coven really, they're basically guaranteed to survive. But Orion's been going out of his way to save people. After he saves Elle, he at first thinks she might be a Maleficer, uh, and that she killed the mundane girl, the mundane born girl, I forget her name, who was actually killed by this other psycho who Elle had known about but hadn't said anything because he, you know, she didn't want a psycho, you know, magic vampire after her. That had already killed one person. She's trying to limit herself, stay under the radar, get, get known. Uh, and eventually she just gets fed up with the whole Enclave stuff. She's like, it's, it's, we don't all have equal chances. And, it, it, like, the whole thing, throughout the whole book, everybody's like, we're all fair. It's all fair. Everyone has a chance. 
And, it, you know, everyone subtly realizes that, you know, that's not true, because the Enclave kids are basically guaranteed a spot. Uh, they're guaranteed to get their freedom, because they're part of these magical covens with tons of magic backing them, and tons of students literally willing to use themselves as meat shields, it means they might get out and get into the coven afterwards. So, um, the Enclave, that's what they're called, the Enclave, not covens. Same thing, same idea, basically. So they're basically guaranteed a spot, and a lot of them are kind of oblivious about it, you know, that's just the way it's always been. But Orion's, like, kind of the nice guy. Like, he doesn't talk with any of them. He kind of hangs out with them, but they really feel like, yeah, we do that because our parents make us. We don't really know much about him. He saved all our lives, and we really like him, but he doesn't really talk to us. And it turns out he's been doing this since he was a kid, you know? Whenever a monster threatened any of them, before the adults could even do it, he would be there jumping on it, absorbing its magic, killing it. He liked protecting people, but, like, at the same time... Everyone treated him kind of like that was all he was good for. Uh, he would go on guard duty because he enjoyed it, and that's, you know, everyone knew him for that. He was the weirdo. The weirdo who liked fighting monsters in a clan, that you know, in the system that was built around them not having to fight monsters. He's the son of this really important head wizard and all that. Um, and it's revealed that Orion started being, trying to become friends with Elle because she didn't treat him like some, you know, savior the second she saved her life. Um... You know, he tr she treated him like any other person. She would get mad at him. She would snap at him. She would, uh, you know, point out flaws in his plan. She would say, what are you doing, you idiot? You look like you're about to collapse from exhaustion. Sit down and eat a meal. Look, people are going to die. That's just what happens in here. And no one had really done that for him. Everybody was just like, well, that's all right for you. Going off to save someone else. Look at all those bags under his eyes. Man, he's awesome. And, you know, meanwhile, Elle was like, Orion, you need to sleep. Uh, she wasn't even nice about it either. She was just like, dude, stop acting like this. This is not, you're going to get yourself killed, and that's just going to be annoying. And when she realizes that, and she just, because Elle's the entire, whereas uh, Ryan's been seen as like, you know, this savior, this like, almost like a chosen one. Not really like a chosen one, but kind of like, you know, he's the knight in shining armor for our whole coven, our whole enclave. He's the reason we're going to live through this. Elle's been looked at as... Everyone just assumes she's up to no good. I mean, half of the school apparently later just assumes she's a Maleficer. Because someone that mean has to be. And I was like, you do realize most Maleficers are, like, the nicest people you'll ever meet? Because they're sociopaths who want to worm their way into your life so they can suck the life out of you? It's like, oh yeah, that makes a lot more sense. But everyone just assumes she's one because, you know, how could she not be a dark wizard? Her very aura screams, it's about to rain. Uh, <laughs> I just love it. Uh... The magic system is this really, you know, organic magic. Like, it has this really textured feel to it. Like, whenever you cast a spell, that spell's, like, alive and stuff. It, it really gives the feeling of this, of magic being something that the wizard's more direct than control. They don't even, they don't even store magic in themselves. They have to pull it from themselves, do dances in the woods, or, you know, work. It's, actually, it's even revealed that the effort, the amount of magic is equivalent to the effort to getting it. It's not even what you do. Like, one girl does Sudoku puzzles because they're really hard for her and frustrating, and that's what helps her pull magic and gather it. Uh, others will dance in, you know, large covens using rituals. Uh, Elle does, like, push-ups and stuff every day and saves every drop she can get a hold of. It's really interesting. Uh, the whole thing starts, actually, with her trying to get a basic cleaning spell, and every time she tries, she's like, here's a book on, some, on turning a massive, massive dead bodies into some, into some, like, zombie slaves so they can clean your room for you. Or here's some demons that can do it. Or here's a flood of fire that'll burn all the goop out of your room. And it's just, it's like, you really get her frustration with, like, you're literally giving me nukes when I just need a rag. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, she kind of turns the overpowered mage character on its head. Like, she's really powerful. She 
She actually manages to kill uh, a maw, which are like these really powerful uh, monsters that only the strongest wizards in all of history have ever been killed. And for a long time, were killing them was thought to be more a myth than a reality. That's how the that went. Uh, I think the characters are all really fun. Her two friends are kind of interesting. There was this one uh, lady, she was trying to control Malficer by slowly sucking the life out of these guinea pigs. And there's this other artificer lady who's one of the only people she'll trade with Al. And in the end, they end up forming a kind of alliance, and Orion even joins on occasion. And I really liked them. They're fun. Elle's really good at leveraging any advantage she can get. She comes off as very resourceful as a character. So, yeah. I'm very excited to see where this takes us, uh, especially with the ending, because the ending is Elle gets a message from her mother, and everybody's like, oh, you're her daughter? Can't be. You're, you're like, complete opposites. So it'll be really interesting to see now her secrets out, now that everybody knows who her mom is. Uh, and then her mom gave her a small message inscribed on, like, this onion that was in, enhanced to, you know, have a little bit of healing properties. So it was a message that she could also eat. <laughs> you know, you gotta make use of every little advantage you can. And it says, do not trust a lion Blake. So, uh, you know what? I'll see you guys when this next book comes out. Definitely. Highly recommend it, and, uh, yeah. Uh, definitely check out our Twitter page. Uh, I would love for you guys to follow me on Twitter and at the Dragon Library too. Just tell me what you want me to review. I'm totally open to any suggestions, and I'd love to hear from you guys. If you guys want to support us today, you can just go down and donate stuff to us. That'd be great. The links for our uh, Buy Me a Coffee page are in the description. If you want, you can check out our affiliate link that was in the intro. And uh, yeah. I guess I'll see you next time for the Green Knight on Tuesday. That's going to be a lot of fun, hopefully. Please don't suck. Please don't suck. Please don't suck. Anyway, bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, and thank you for listening to the Dragon's Library. Please, subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. The Dragon's Library releases new episodes Tuesday and Friday each week, and you can follow us on Twitter at dragon underscore library two. If you want to suggest an episode topic, my email is in the description below. As always, thank you so much for all your support.